you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. And I think this may go down as one of my favorite episodes ever. Um, and because it's something that I haven't really had a chance to talk about, but something that I've really wanted to. And I think that the guest we have today now, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram. If you don't, please do. Because the photos that he has on his Instagram page are they're sick. I mean, I think that's the best way I can put it. Um, he runs marathons and he climbs mountains. So, I mean, he's adventurous, I think is the best way to put it. Zachary Hexter, welcome to the program. Quite the introduction. Thank you. Well, you know, I always try to give a great introduction. I think that's, I think that my guest deserves that because as everyone knows, I I don't pay my guests because I don't make any money. So, Zach. You're a marathon runner. You just ran, if I'm correct, the Berlin Marathon. Is that right? Uh, I just ran Chicago. Berlin was two weeks before that. Got it. So, so on the marathon docket for you coming up, um, what's it look like? Like, what's on what, – what's your schedule looking like? Are there any more marathons in 2022 that you plan on running? Um, what's kind of your, your plan going forward? Two is more than enough for one season. I've done three this year, calendar year. So, but you, I mean, doing two is already a bit much, especially for how close those two were. Um, right. I was told that a bunch of times. So, I'm definitely not doing any more this season because it will be a guaranteed injury if it hadn't already been. But, um, I mean, I'm already looking for next spring and potentially even later because these things open up like way too early uh, to apply for. So, mm-hmm. I have two major marathons left until I get the six star medal. This is what I'm gunning for because that's like the ultimate prize. And, uh, you know, I have I only have two left, so I really need to get this up here in any which way I can. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a Boston guy. You know that. I got to ask yeah. you, the best marathon in the entire world, and that's, again, a completely unbiased opinion. The best marathon in the world is the Boston Marathon. Will I be seeing you? At the at the Boston Marathon this upcoming year. I mean, can we can we put that down uh, as a lock? Oh, this spring? Um, not this spring. Because uh, I'm I might do some other ones, but the following spring I'll, I'll probably be there. Yeah. That's I awesome. I did it this year, so like I gotta you know spread it out like a little bit. I know London is this spring, so that's you know that's what I'm focusing on right now. If I can get nice. Tokyo by some miracle, then yes, but. I mean, I just did Boston, so I got I to gotta make sure I get the six-star medal before I head back there. But it was a great race, though. When you talk about the best marathon, it's either that in New York City. Like, well, everybody knows Boston's, like, the best. Like, you know, you have to qualify for that. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's special, a yeah. One. 
it's special. And also it's the oldest one. So, I mean, I got there, like I got there and I, it was, it was an overwhelming starting that race. Like, cause you, you know, you, I knew where I was and it was it, crazy. Like going to all these historical monuments. Like, like, the day drove up too. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's one of my favorite events, like city of Boston, like obviously Boston sports, you know, historic, they're, you know, they're very good and everything, very entertaining. But the Boston Marathon is always one of those days that for me, I never forget. I always, I'm always like, it's Marathon Monday. Um, just, it's such a special day. Like seeing the runners run through, they run through all these like small little towns, towns that I live in. Um, so it's, yeah. it's very special, but I got to ask you. So a lot of people who listen to this channel don't run marathons. Um, and that's just, I think, I think a lot of people in general just don't run marathons. How did you get your start? Why, why a marathon? What makes it special to you? And, and why do you like doing it? Why do you like running marathons? Um, that's an interesting question. You really have to ask yourself a lot. Uh, to, okay. To answer the second one first, um, marathons to me are the ultimate challenge. They are, they require so much discipline and a lot of character building to have to get through them. And it's not just the race. Every kind of sees the race and they're like, oh man, 26.2 miles, that's a lot. But that's honestly not that much. Like you have to think about the five or six, five or four, five, six month training that you got to put in before that in order to get to the starting line in the first place and have whatever goal you want it to be. I mean, like the, the hard parts, so, you know, waking up at 5.30 in the morning, 6 a.m. to meet for, you know, really hard group runs, going out for, you know, the 20, 21, 22 milers, um, when you feel like crap because you went out last night a little too late. Um, <laughs> and days where like, you know, you just don't feel great or it's pouring rain and you've got to go out and do like an hour and a half run in Central Park where there's just nobody else out because it's raining. And, you know, you got to walk outside, load the watch and send it um, to like nights where you have so much work because it's midterm season or final season. Right. And you need to go out at midnight you know, which is maybe not the best thing, but that's what I need to do um, when there's also nobody else there. So it's a lot of like the marathon is, you know, really centralizing, doing it, like making sure that I can, you know, keep myself, you know, disciplined. And also like, you know, um, I'd say like, you know, realizing that nobody else is like really looking out for me on the day to day um, right. when I'm doing my practices, which is different from when I got my start. That's when I got my start. Um, I did seventh grade modified track. Uh, I don't even know why. I think a couple of my friends were do, do, uh, uh, sorry, doing it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I just joined it because why not? You know, it's, you know, it can be fun to do it with them. And they became my best friends in high school. So I did it 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, all 12 seasons in high school. Um, and that was great because you had a really strong friend group who was, you know, who was your team. And, you know, you would do, you would spend so much time together from, you know, every day after school, you know, two hours practice and then the stupid armory meets during the winter where you would be there for 12 or 13 hours at a meet just to run for, you know, a two miler for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was what I really loved. And then, you know, I think the transition came when you go to college because when you go from high school to college, it's a big deal, especially if you're not on the varsity team I, you know, and you're coming from that very like structured high school program. So you get the varsity like the club team, you know, they're not, it's not like they're a friend group. Like these guys obviously are friends. They're friendly. They'll meet up together, run, maybe get dinner afterward, which was the case in UVA. And um, I guess here, it's, you know, even last, it's kind of like scattered. But, um, but, uh, but I mean, like that's you know, the the that kind of friendships was something I was lacking a bit, and I needed to find the sort of reason to keep going. Um, and so, you know, like I mean, honestly, like 
I just, you know, thought to myself, like, all right, like, you, know, you did the 5Ks, the two miles. You know, they were great. You know, you're not the best sprinter, obviously. But what I remember loving the most during high school was the long runs. I thought they were challenging. I was, I was not that bad at them because I just loved to keep going and going and running farther. I thought it was amazing. I love exploring. So that was fantastic. And then I just saw the marathon and, you know, read a bit more into it and, and realized, like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, this is a long race, but, like, this clearly is, like, you know, you shut down cities for this. Like, this is the ultimate challenge. And, like, then, you know, once once I realized that, then it's like, all right, now I have to do it. Like, I need to, I need to find a new purpose. And when you, you know, kind of, you know, are thinking about whether you want to keep running or not, um, there was just a spark in me that, you know, said, or that, that just, like, kind of pushed me towards this. And the funniest thing is um, I was, like, the first marathon I was training for was supposed to be the this marathon in D.C., and, it was in March of 2020, and, and unfortunately, uh, it got canceled right as I was finishing my training, which which was uh, which was bad. But uh, we did our first marathon with two of my high school friends at home that, that fall, and um, one of them uh, I don't know if I want to say their names, um, but uh, but one of them uh, finished. Well, we, we all of us finished. It was it was amazing. Um, uh, one of them finished that he was never doing one again, um, and then said if he did one in Atlanta with him because he's ever anything. He might do one. Uh, and then the second one, actually, he, he did a, a 50 miler uh, after that. And then we actually both just did Chicago together. So wow. that was really great. But I mean, it's just like, and then, okay, I mean, once you do the first one, then I just like, it was too hungry after that. Like, I was starving yeah. to do more. Well, it, it, you know, I, I hate to make the, the joke, but I think you had a runner's high. It's such a bad joke. But, anyways. Um, yeah. Like, first off, by the way, incredible answer. I, I think that may be one of the best answers we've ever had, like very in-depth. So now I think what you said about running a marathon is correct. Like it is the ultimate test. There is a lot that goes into it. And as a whole, right, like it's easy to train on nice days, on nice 75 degree days, um, sunny and all that stuff. But what makes you like a good runner and, and all that stuff is when you get out there and it's raining and it's early and you know, you have all these midterm, you know, all this other stuff going on. And I think that's what you spoke about. And I think to me, that's what makes like someone go from and like a, like someone who likes to play sports to someone who's an athlete, someone who really is dedicated to it. So I think that was a very like interesting aspect of your answer. And the thing about marathon training is, it takes like it's not just one thing where you're like hey i'm training for you know this one game or i'm training like one week for one game like in football or you're just constantly training in tennis maybe for like just matches a marathon to me is you're training months after like months of time doing the same thing for this one event right and that event you know for you right you're about a two mile or two hour um, marathon runner, right? So it's not that long compared to how much you train. Yeah, I mean, um, the whole point of doing one of those things, and the same thing with the mountaineering, is that it's so much more exhilarating to train for one purpose in one race and one challenge instead of doing a bunch of different five days or a bunch of different, you know, kind of mountains in a trip. Um, you know, or, or the same thing as you're talking about before this one, like you have one goal to look forward to. And I mean, yeah, it's like tough. I mean, first of all, I think you said 75 degrees. That's terrible. I hate 75 degrees. I'd rather have 75 <laughs> degrees. Um, I mean, that's way too hot, especially when it's humid here during the summer. Um, but I mean, like, 
you, I think you really know you're an athlete when you don't even think you'll just get up and get out. And it's like, it's like so routine with it. You have to a certain point that like, that's the best part is that like, even if it's raining outside or especially in this in the winter in Europe, which kind of sucks because it's, it, it's really dark early, it's cold, cold early, or it's cold the entire day and uh, windy to it and nobody, not that many people go out and uh, run uh, and you got to layer up as well. So that, um, that part is, you know, isn't great, but it's just like you wake up and whatever you need to do to do the, you know, do the training. Um, cause that's like, that's what it takes. And it's just about commitment and, you know, engaging yourself in such a humbling experience, mm-hmm. uh, that not many people will do. And, you know, there's also this kind of thing that like, you know, if you're not willing to do this or not willing to get up and run when it's raining or when it's cold, then someone else is going to do it. So it's like really the competitiveness too about like, you know, you really want to win and you really want to break three or whatever your goal is. Like, you know, if it is your goal, then you kind of have to stop at nothing or, you know, like, yeah, essentially to, to get where you want to be. And it's just like a culture, like a mindset that you build in yourself that like separates you. And that like is really important. So, you know, kind of also carries out mm-hmm. everywhere else in your life, which is great. So I got to ask you a question. So I think in your Instagram post, when you ran the Berlin marathon, I think it was Berlin. You said that you were sick right before the race. Um, not like yeah. right before, like time-wise, not like five minutes before, but like that, be, like leading up to it, the days leading up to it. What was that like? How did you like, I mean, you had food poisoning, right? So how did you pull yourself together? And like, like, how did you do that? And like, what was the experience like? Walk me through that. It's a very funny story. Uh, well, it wasn't so funny, but it's just because a lot of people would ask about it, like friends here. So essentially, um, the race was Sunday morning. Um, the flight was Thursday morning. And this was like Wednesday at 2 a.m. I'd finished work. And uh, a couple of us went to get, I guess, wild food or something, you know, one of those food carts nearby. So I had that. And then the next day, uh, we're like, you know, actual, you know, daytime Wednesday. Um, you know, I had classes. I was feeling a bit nauseous in the afternoon. And, you know, then I get back and I just like, start growing up for a good seven, eight hours. And I was so weak. I was lying in bed. I was, I felt like I was dying. It was one of the worst feelings I've ever had. I was so dehydrated and I couldn't even drink water. Cause I, you know, right. Like it diet. takes it like food poisoning. It sounds bad. It's even worse when you actually have it. If that's possible, it's horrible. Yeah, this was ter- oh yeah. This was terrible. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't even get up. I had, you know, I was shivering too. I, I was cold. And I just like, I was, I was about to lose it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So I called my doctor and I'm like, I told him what happened. Uh, Cause he was on call and uh, you know, he said, you need to go to the hospital the ER like right now. And so I, 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 I don't even know how I was able to get up. Um, but I bring like a garbage bag and like, I just like, you know, wipe myself off and then, you know, stumble down the, uh, down the block to St. Luke's on Amsterdam. I get into the ER and I'm like, you know, really collapsing on the floor as I, I'm walking in because I just, I, I can't, you can't drink any water cause it's, your body won't take anything. It's so raw right now. And the pain was just enormous. I was, I, I, you know, I was, I was almost going unconscious because I just, I, I mean, I, I did, the pain was so enormous. Don't trust New York food. That's the lesson that you learned, right? No, 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 no of course not. There's New York food, you guys. <laughs> but, uh, but I had to wait an hour in the ER, in the, in the triage room, uh, until they were to call me in. And so my mom came down, um, and we were there. And this was like midnight already. I finally got into the, the hospital bed and so you know he gave me like 
you gave me a full IV, um, a full liter of water, and I still, uh, still the, the, that was enough. Um, you know, all these pills, uh, which is like anti-nausea and all that stuff, to, to like, you know, not feel so terrible anymore. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was, I've been there for a while, just like recovering and like, and, you know, taking on tests and whatever. And so I think it comes to like 5 or 6 a.m. or something. And, uh, you know, I, you know I, I realized that I had my flight at like, or whatever it was 9 a.m. or something and i realized that i'm like oh gosh like i have to leave and like go pack now I, I can't be here anymore and so i like you know i had them like kind of start to rush the process of like discharging me and uh you know they offered me um one of these uh doctor's notes that get out of class and uh it was really funny because you know, they thought like you know they were like hey you know no you have to go to class you can you stay here a little longer if you want because you know you can't you know still can't drink any you know water or much of anything else and then I said, no, I'm not, like, I, I'm like, thank you very much, but I'm not, I'm not going to say, like, I have to fly out, you know, to run a marathon. Uh, they were, they didn't seem to understand, I guess, really understand, uh, like, I don't know, maybe they didn't believe me or something, but, like, I had to make it clear that I had a flight, I had to, you know, I had to go to run the, run the race. Don't tell your doctor you did that, please. I mean, you give him a heart attack, Zach. I think they were a little confused. There was a little miscommunication that went on. Um, I just was, like... You know, the moment I, 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 I stumbled out of there, I uh, walked back to my dorm, I still felt terrible, um, the symptoms were clearly not gone, and I said to myself, like, all right, you have set, you know, 16, 16 hours of work until you race, so, like, whatever you need to do, you need to do, like, and just, like, get this away, because I, like, obviously need to start the race 100%, and anything like that, that's, like, clearly unacceptable, because I didn't train for however many months to be in the situation. So essentially I go back, I pack, I take, you know, get on the flight, um, you know, fly to Frankfurt, then go to Berlin. And then we get there and I'm just like, you know, at this point I'm eating like bananas and pie pops, so like anything to like, and like taking a hell of a lot of modium um, too. And just like doing anything I can and getting a lot of rest and drinking a lot of Gatorade. Um, and I mean like the next, like, you know, I was, I was insanely worried uh, that I just wouldn't be able to start or wouldn't be able to run. Um, and I made it very clear to my parents that, you know, they didn't see, I mean, they seemed a little bit calmer about it for me, but I said like, like this, like you guys are crazy. Like you don't understand what's going to happen. Like this isn't a 5k, like this is a marathon. I, I, like this can't happen before that. Like it has to be, you know, people have a taper week and they go easy, easy, easy and get a lot of rest, put their legs up, you know, eat a lot of pasta. Um, I love like, pasta. Like, oh, I love pasta. Any butter. That's the only thing I'll eat before the next marathon. Like, all right, so, now I think I have to be a marathon runner because I love pasta, so I might have to start running marathons just so I can do that. Yeah. Continue, yeah. though. I don't want to interrupt. Continue. No, you're good. I mean, so then it's just like I was so scared. I would, you know, even the day before the race, I would, I went to my, my time, you know, my really, you know, short, slow jog, and I, I could barely even do that. So then, you know, morning comes. Um, I just, you know, I have like a good prep routine now that like, you know, you learn after doing each of these races, get like, you just learn more about yourself. So, you, you know, I figure that out. Um, and I, you know, get to the starting line and I mean like, you know, you, like you jump in one of these corrals ten minutes before the race starts and like everything goes out the window. Like all your training goes away, all like, you know, things people tell you, um, you know, I, I didn't listen, that was the first time I didn't listen to music in a marathon because I, I, I don't like to do that anymore. Um, and it's just like, the focus is just there and like you, it's, it's all about the race now and there's one finish line and you know there's there's just no option now except to go and so 
I went with the original plan. Um, so the race starts. Ellie can show me my race. He actually broke the record in that race, so that was sick. Um, <laughs> but uh, but we start going. Um, I find the three-hour pace list because my goal was just to break three. I wasn't going for anything crazy because of what happened. And uh, you know, I can I can tell those guys were going fast for three hours. They were going at least like two fifty-seven, maybe two fifty-six. Like I was going normal pace the first half marathon. I catch up to them um, at mile fifteen. Stayed with them until. I think it was like mile 20 and then there was a certain point and this race is completely flat and it's easy because it's flat that's why they break the records at it no heartbreak hill nothing, there, there's no okay it's not just heartbreak hill first of all it's the four newton hills and the first three the first three like are hard first two are fine the third one nobody talks about third one killer and then you get down a little bit hill when it's heartbreak hill and it just, it just yeah listen um, i don't know for reference for context the area that the Boston Marathon, Boston itself, Massachusetts, is very hilly. The race is like like a roller coaster. It's up and down. It's up and down. So it's not easy. Continue though, please. Yeah, but then yeah, so mile twenty comes and my entire body just like, just shuts down. Like my muscles stop working. My calves start to cramp up. Um, I you know I done my hydration fine. My training was good. Um, and you know, at that point, like I could tell I wasn't gonna make it, and I wasn't gonna be able to stay with them. Which it was just so frustrating because the last, you know, six miles, I'm just like trudging along and doing whatever I can to finish. Um, and like at that point, it was just about surviving. Like it was, it was. You get to that point where like you know you hit the wall and you hit the wall hard, which a lot of people do, most people do. Like it really, like the pain is there, and you're gonna feel it. And, you know, it's not like it's a couple minutes, you push through it, like, it's six miles. And if you're not, like, poking it, it's going to take a while. So, um, you know, I, I had to make it through it. Um, you know, it really was unfortunate to how, like, you know, because some people passed me, I wasn't going too fast. I put, I think I put up, like, a nine-minute mile. That was just, on like 9.30 or whatever, but one, one of those last ones. That was just, that was, that was terrible. Um, but eventually, I mean, I, I, I get to I turn a corner, I see the straightaway in the Brandenburg Gate. I start to push it a little bit, and then I finish. Um, it was three hours and 10 minutes and 25 seconds, which is, I guess, my worst marathon. But, I mean, I was just happy. I, I, I guess I was able to finish. And, um, well, I mean, I was okay. I was satisfied. Um, got the medal. Uh, really loved it. You know, I just had to enjoy my time, you know, being in, in Germany because that was just, you know, fantastic to, you know, be able to get there in the first place. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, then a couple of days, like, I guess I took the next day off and I called my, my, um, my coach and my coach and I said, hey, like, I, you know, let's we kind of go over what happened. Um, you know, he told me a few things, obviously, the food poisoning was a big part of it. And then, because uh, just like, you know, to look forward to how to plan for Chicago. Um, you know, food poisoning was a big part. Also, you know, he did make it clear that I had missed time on training. Um, you know, I missed time because of Denali. Uh, I missed time because of the second half or the last few weeks of my internship. Those the hours, it was something above 100 hours at that point. So I couldn't, I just couldn't run at that point when you go that high. Um, and then, uh, um, we went to vacation in Europe for the last two weeks of summer, so it was a little bit harder to run with all these, you know, six a.m. to ten p.m. day trips. But um, you know, I knew, I knew in my heart, I was ready for the race. It was just, it was just the food poisoning. So next two weeks, I took it really, really easy, and he told me to as well. So I went to the you know, hundred percent, and uh, you know, he did tell me like you know the night before Chicago, he said, you know, if uh, if you were supposed to run a marathon two weeks before another marathon, I would have been on your schedule. He's being a little, you know, sassy about it, but it's <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I took, I took it easy. I, you know, I was feeling pretty good. I was, I was lucky enough that I was able to stretch and do what I needed you to get ready. Um, but this time I treated it a little bit different. Again, you learned from me, Trey, so I prepped pre-race a little bit better. 
and then you know morning of Chicago comes me and me and my friend Joey um you know we meet up we get you know we get ready um so Berlin started at 9 it was 9 15 so it was nice you get to wake up at 6 45. Chicago started at 7 30 and you, they closed the crowd at like 7 15. so I had to wake up we had to wake up I had to wake up at like 4 45 4 50 and it's just like you know night before you can never never really sleep so it's not but but anyways we get you know get to the starting line you know do the accelerators get in the crowd and like the two times you know I'm, I'm in the moment like 10 seconds before we start and they start playing the michael jordan song uh and like the two you know i'm thinking to myself and i'm feeling great i'm ready to go i have my gels and you know, ready to drink the gatorade endurance and honestly I, I just you know thinking back on it the two times they've ever broken three hours you know before you start the race wow you know before you start the you race. Know, so you're like so you knew going into that, like when like you were standing there, like first off, I can like picture you standing there. You were like before that race, you could you had like a like a feeling, like a gut kind of feeling, like hey, like this is one of those races. There's always a gut feeling um, before a race. Either you're too excited, and you're like you know you're just like happy to be there, and you know that's uh, that's one thing. But then you, there's another feeling when you step into the crowd. You know you just like stare straight into downtown um, after the starting line. And yeah, it's just like, it was just like, I don't even know what that feeling was. It's just the determination, like the frustration, anger, like, you know, something along those lines. It's just hard to explain unless you're in it. But um, the plan, the plan for Chicago was, again, we had to talk, the coach said, you'd be lucky to get even close to three hours. And so we made a plan. He said, no matter what, I don't care how good you feel, you stick with the three hour paces until mile 16. And then you make a decision about how you feel after that. And so that was the plan I was sticking to. Um, I'm, you know, I, I, uh, that was a non-negotiable thing by him. So I, I you know, I bought that. I was, I'm not going to go against what he says. So start the race. Um, and yeah, it, essentially when he crossed the line, it was basically like, you know, it wasn't about, you know, if I could stay with these guys or what time I was going to get, it was about when I was going to decide to push, you know, push farther and push faster. Um, and like, you know, when I was going to decide to like turn up the jets mm-hmm. and, uh, and pass them. So, you know, first six, first half is great. You know, first 16 miles is great. Um, I get to mile 16 and I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? Like, should I push? Should I stay with them? Am I going to fall back? Um, but I was feeling amazing. I, I was, I mean, I, the great thing is like, if you can like not try to not think during this race and just like take in the energy of 2 million people and 50,000 people screaming at you and blasting music, then like, it's a whole different thing. All right, Zach, I got to say this. I got to get to one of these marathons that you're running at. Cause I think that like, first off, I mean, I feel like in terms of like, at least the listener, cause I've been listening to, I can just see everything you're talking about. Like, first off the story about the Berlin marathon, I think is one of those stories that in like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you're just gonna be telling this story because it's ridiculous that you were able to, I mean, me sitting here, if I had food poisoning before a tennis match or anything, I'd be like, yo, like, let, like, that's it. Like, just like, let's just yeah. not do it. Um, and if I, if I were a runner, I mean, maybe it'd be different, but I mean, the, the fact that you were even able to run and finish in three hours and 10 minutes is incredible. I mean, with what had happened to your body, I mean, again, it's not, not exactly a very fun experience. Um, no, yeah, Ben texted me the night before and he said Michael Jordan's the game. And I'm like, all right, like, obviously now I have to do this. Like, this, you know, if he can go and do it, then, like, you know, now I have to obviously run the race. It's the least I can do. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I just think that, like, like, marathon running is tough enough. And we're, 
Uh, so, hey, let me just ask you: Are you good to keep going, or do you do you have a? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Um, no, no. I mean, I mean, are you like? Do you have more time after this, or or no? Oh, uh, you mean like this call? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Starting all today. We're mostly today before. Okay. Later, Perfect. Yeah. We'll take a short break right now, and then we'll see you on. The, we'll we'll the audience will see us on or hear us on the back half. All right. We'll be right back. Oh, great. Okay. Welcome back. All right. We've been talking a lot about marathons, folks. So now, Zach, let me ask you a question because. You're clearly a very smart guy. Have you read, there's a book about marathon running, quote unquote. It's not about marathon running, but it's the, the, the underlying premise is. So the guy who writes it actually is a marathon runner. It's uh, called What I Talk About When I Talk About Running. I don't know if you've read it. Oh, it's a fa uh, fantastic book. Books, yeah. All right. First off, highly suggest you, you read it because, I mean, I read it. It was awesome. I mean, again, marathon running is very tough. It's a great book. You know, I don't have a book club, but if I did, I would definitely put that one on it. Um, let me ask you. So the Chicago marathon, most recent one that you've run, right? Um, what did you end up like in terms of mile time? You said that at the third, at the 15 mile mark, I believe you said you were going to make a decision, um, based on like, were you going to keep with that three hour pace? Were you going to like, bump it up what ended up happening with that um yeah okay so it's 16 mile uh so 16 mile point we got there i had to make a decision about what to do um and i was feeling amazing it's great because like the first 16 literally like you know i would I'd be having conversations with the pacers and like you know where are you from like how, you know how do you guys pace this like what's your pr and like there'd be times where like i kind of put like just like unconsciously push ahead of them and then literally like have to slow myself down like get behind up two people but then, like, you know, maybe get some water, get some Gatorade, like, you know, I don't know, just, like, look around me and wave to people and then work my way up. It was, like, it's a little bit tough having to stay with the Pacers when, like, really just, like, you know, jumped with adrenaline or something, like, shocked with it. And then also, you know, being there, too, like, you know, you just want to, like, send it. But, you, but, I mean, to be fair, though, I understand, like, this is a long enough race where you, you know, you have to be really smart. And you can't start going until, like, late because... But once you start the burnout, then it's like, then it's over. Then it's over for you. So right. You got, I mean, every decision has to be calculated. You have to think about what you're going to do because, again, in a race that long, you know, these smaller decisions about what you're going to do, like they're going to impact the entire race, like the entire two and a half hour, three hour, three and a half hour race. So if a decision okay. you make in the first 30 minutes is going to like impact you you know, at mile 24, 25, like it's all gonna, it, it all kind of impacts each other. So, but continue though, like, um, yeah, but I mean, you're right. Like there's a lot of like people, if you want to run a marathon well, and like you get into this stuff, like there is so much science and like calculate the calculations that go behind, like when you take your gels, how often do you, you know, go to the Gatorade versus the water, you know, Gatorade, sorry, Gatorade endurance versus the water, you know, how, like, you know, how much are you breathing? Like, you know, when are you going to pass someone like, you know, time wise, like, you know, how's the weather outside? What are you wearing? And like, how that's working out. And, and then obviously prep, you know, 48 hours before like prep all that stuff, um, like prepping to get ready, uh, like eating and, and, and just, and just so much too. But anyways, um, sing, yeah, 16 miles came and, uh, I'm like, all right, I'm feeling amazing, but I don't, you know, I, I do have Berlin fresh in my mind. And I, the last thing I want to do is uh, burn out this time. And I said, you know, I will do three, like I, three hours, you know, breaking three hour barrier was like a minimum for me. That was, I had to do it. And so, um, 
Yeah, I just remember Berlin, and I, and I didn't like that at all. So I said, all right, let's be conservative about this. Let's wait two more miles until 18, and then we'll make like then we'll see what's up there. Because doing a 10, a 10.2 mile, you know, push versus a, a you know 10 kilometer, okay, 6.2 mile push is a big difference. Um, you know, and or uh, sorry, not 6.2, uh, 8.2 miles, 6 mile 18, and so. Um, I get to mile and we push two more miles, uh, not too bad. Get to mile 18, and I'm like, all right, now it's time to go. Like, I'm done with this. And so I just start, like, I just, like, turn on the jet, and I literally, like, I mean, I, like, first first couple minutes, I'm just going, you know, 10, 5, 10 seconds faster than the pacers, so I can break away. And then it, after that, it's just about, like, turning on some kind of, like, assassin mentality, kicking, like, the groups, like, these mini groups that formed in front of me, like, runners, you know, casting up to them staying with them for a couple seconds like i feel comfortable and then just like going to the next one or the next one and you know the mile and then you just like you know you go from like a six you know high six you know mid high six forties to like you know six thirties and then like you know you get even closer you start to work your way back from the south side downtown and like the last 5k i just like everything you have left and then the reserves and then more you just like give out and i remember like there's a, you know it was it's like the story flips because now i'm passing everybody and it really isn't that you know really not bad and the last five kilometers, I don't know, the last three miles, I just start going close to sub six or something like I was sprinting um, definitely towards the end. And then I turn the corner, go up this hill, and I see the finish line. And, uh, you know, I knew I was going to break three, but, you know, last, like, four miles, it wasn't about breaking three anymore. It was about, like, chasing down the PR and seeing if I could get it. Um, that was, like, a new goal. Like, you know, I, I just, like, I knew I was way past it, um, way past the, the original one then. And, uh, you know, you just felt so good that it's like, all right, now it's time to, like, go for, like, you know, go for the PR. And, uh, you know, I was getting, you know, closer and closer to it, um, being smart not to, like, you know, get cramped up or, like, you know, burn out, but, like, also going really fast. And then, um, and then you know, dark down to the finish line, I cross it, and uh, um, and it, I think it said, like, you know, 257.33. So it was 37 seconds off my PR, but, like, at the same time, I looked at my watch, and it was – you know, it said 26.68 or 26.7 miles. So everybody's watch, you know, had a, you know, around a half mile over. Um, you know, I, I know the watch distance is already, it's a messed up because you're in a city and all that stuff. But I definitely think it's uh, it's longer than a marathon. At least I'd say, you know, to be generous, like 0.2 or 0.1. Um, and because uh, the Virginia one where I did my PR was exactly 26.2 the that measurement. So I, you know, I know that I did faster, but like uh, faster than my PR, but like officially, you know. But I just know that, you know, in my mind that I was feeling great. And then you come off that, you know, I saw my parents like, yeah, everybody was really excited. Um, you know, saw a couple of my friends who were in the race too, like, you know, a bit later. <laughs> no, that's always, a, you know, that's always, it must be a great feeling. Hey guys, what's up? Glad to see you finish. Must be a great feeling to see them come in after you. I can only yeah. imagine. Get the medal, grab the beer. Um, you know, I mean, you get there and you're in the race and you, know, you finish and it's just amazing. And then, uh, you know, I, I think um, and I was sitting down for like 20 minutes afterward, and then I said, you know, all right, like, when's the next one? Like, this is it. Like, this is, this is like, you know, the pinnacle of this. Because, like, now, now I know that, like, when you're, you know, you're ready, like, you put in the work, like, this is what happens. Like, I didn't even, there, was, there wasn't even a wall. Like, there's not, I guess, you know, the thing, you get, you learn something from every race. The thing I took away from that race, there isn't always a wall. If you train well, and you're hydrated, and you're ready, and you prep well, and you know what you're doing, know yourself. Then you're just gonna go kill it and you gotta be smart about it but like after that i mean it wasn't even yeah i called my coach right afterward told him he was wrong obviously <laughs> politely politely though and then you know and then like literally the next day i'm looking at like sprint races and i'm like all right like when's the next when's the next one and it's funny because 
you know, a lot of people take off for a while after you do a marathon, and obviously after two, because you got to recover. And, you know, I was sore after I was sore for you know, a couple of days, and, you know, today's, what, Saturday? So it's been six days. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday, I'm sitting in the library trying to do work, and I just get so jittery. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't not run anymore. Like, this is... Exactly, exactly. You got to get, like, a, like, your own marathon running. Like, you got to start something up. I keep, in my mind, I keep picturing, um, I don't know if you've seen How I Met Your Mother, but in the show, Barney Stinson is challenged to run a marathon, the New York City Marathon, like without any training. And so he runs it and he finishes and he gets on the subway and he, he sits down and he's on the subway for hours. He just can't move. Now, obviously, like huge exaggeration, like if you don't train for a marathon, you're not going to be able to run one. But that's what keeps going through my head. Um. I mean, like, yeah. I feel like to me, at least hearing you describe all that goes into a marathon, I think you've given me a really nice picture of like everything that goes into it. Because when you're watching a marathon, that's where I am when a marathon's going on. I'm watching. Um, when I'm watching a marathon, I, I just see these guys pass me for, you know, a second, two seconds. Um, and that's it. And I just, you know go about my day. I'm like, wow, you know, they're running really fast for guys who are running 26.2 miles. Um, but you've given me such a clear picture about kind of everything that goes into it in the training and stuff like that. Um, and it sounds like this is something that, you know, you're like committed to this is something that you want to keep doing and doing and doing so much like, like you're, you almost have like an addiction to it at this point. Like you're just like, when can I do yeah. my next one? Um, when, what will your next one be? What, like, what are your plans for the spring? So the, well, let's just talk about it. So the overall goals would be, I guess, first of all, and it doesn't, the next spring is a little bit different. The overall goals would be, first of all, to get the majors done. So London and Tokyo, to get that done whenever, however soon I can. Then after that, it would be, you know, making sure, like seeing if I can do, we're doing the, you know, the seven continents uh, club thing where you can do one on every continent, mm-hmm. um, which would be insane. And then after that, you know, who do we want for country? And then, you know, doing that alongside the seven summits, like those are just like you know, if I could do those two in a lot of time, I think I you know I think I'd be pretty happy. Bucket list is big. Bucket list is big. Yeah, well, I think it's like attainable. Yes. Um, you just got for a lot of working, but I think yeah, that's a pretty good bucket list if you can swim the seven summits and do, you know, the majors and however many countries you get in. But uh, but for the spring, um, definitely want to hit London. I'm, I'm what that's for sure. And then if I can, you know. It, the Tokyo situation is difficult. Um, the way they organize it is very, it's very kind of bad. But um, I'm gonna try to kind of get my way into it uh, via, um, I don't know, one of the organizations that kind of partners with them. Um, but if not, like I'm definitely doing two in the spring. So it might be, uh, I don't know, maybe Toronto or somewhere, you know, somewhere nearby. Um, but uh, you know, London, London, London's in April, so I might do one in March if I go to Tokyo just to maybe kind of put a little bit more time in between that. That's awesome. I mean, so by the way, Zach, if he wasn't already like as adventurous as he is, he also, you know, as he said, seven sum ups. So you climbed Denali, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I did that in May and nothing, no marathon, nor any task, nor any internship will ever come close to that in difficulty and hardship. That was Well, uh, and until you get to Kilimanjaro or Everest, right? I mean, obviously. No, no, no. Kilimanjaro is the easiest one. Oh, um, it is. Everest, I, I, I yeah, that. Everest is like, yes, obviously a higher elevation. There isn't as much, like, you know, in terms of from base camp to summit, it's a shorter distance. Like, really? In terms of altitude on Everest. 
Um, and also an Everest. I mean, I, I obviously Everest is Everest. That's not you know makes anything up. It's like it, everybody knows how hard it is. Um, but I mean, like you know, on Denali they have no quarters. You have to carry all your stuff. Um, and it, you know, I've done that, so I I, I know about it. But uh, Everest, you know, you do have quarters. Um, right. Uh, you know, sorry, Sherpas. You do have ladders to get across things. Um, you know, so you don't have to, you know, don't get too technical. Or I mean, you didn't, okay, sorry, no, that's not right, that's not true. You didn't get very technical, but there's just like a bit more, a, uh, you get a bit more, I guess, support. Um, like help, yeah, 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 you, know, you have more, exactly. I think that's a good way of putting it. So, yeah. Um, next mountain, what are you planning on climbing next? What's on the on the radar for you in that, in that, in that respect? Yeah, the mountains are not, I guess, in every single thing, like a marathon, those are, those take a significant amount of training to do, and I have perspective for it. Like those are really, really dangerous. People, you know, die all the time on on these mountains. So it's not like, a marathon. You can run every season if you train for it. This one, um, you know, I took like I had a I went on a pretty big mountaineer expedition. Um, I guess three years before Denali, or two years before Denali. Then I did you know Denali this past summer. So it's not like an every year thing. I think you know a couple years from now, it just depends when you can get like three weeks, you know, to do what you can because it's it's not easy to get a lot of time off to climb one of these things. So nothing's guaranteed, but I think, uh, I definitely, you know, depending on what time of the year it is, cause that's very important too. Um, I probably want to hit Aquacagua next, uh, nice. in South America. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's like, a, you know, I think the next thing for me, and again, it depends. Like if I do it during the winter, then obviously it's that, but if it's during the summer, it could be Carson's pyramid or Kilimanjaro. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just depends when I'm free and, you know, when I guess, you know, I can, you know, got some of the stuff, but that's a little bit of a longer term goal. I mean, I, Everest is going to be at least in my mid thirties. Um, yeah, that's not so something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, can't, I, I can't rush that. Like the, you know, the marathons, you got to be patient. And right. You, gotta, you know, respect all those. Right. I feel like you definitely have more time to complete those because, again, marathons you only have so long that you can you know keep getting these PRs, right? Like, you know. I don't know. People, people peak in the marathons in their mid thirties. So. Well, hey. Hey, listen, then wow. by that regard, you got like at least 10, 12 more years left. So you got plenty of time then. Um, yeah. But I mean, so a final question, because you've, you've been more than generous with your time today. Um, you know, marathon running, what would you say to someone like me, someone who currently has no aspirations for running a marathon, but what would you say to someone who does maybe have, and maybe I do now, actually, after listening to you talk, I kind of, I kind of feel like I want to go out there and run a marathon. Um, yeah. What would you say to someone like that? Who's maybe thinking about doing it? Who's maybe it's a goal. What would you say to someone um, who's thinking about doing it? Um, what would you say to them? Um, like, I think it's tough. For me, when I talk to people here about on the club team about bumping up to a marathon or friends who are, you know, doing it for the first time or, you know, maybe the second time, it's about finding something within yourself that, you know, you haven't, or like a, a hunger or, you know, a certain starvation within yourself that you kind of haven't satisfied yet. Something, a new, a new challenge that you're looking for, you know, you like exercise, but the things that you're doing maybe just aren't enough. And what you're looking for, instead of, you know, a couple, you know, going to the gym every day or going, you know, to do a couple of races here and there um, or a ride or a game is, you know, one big thing that you can really put your mind to and focus on for a while. Because doing something like that, um, the training, it's, you have the training and you have the race. The training really gets you, it changes who you are as a person. It builds, you know, builds your character. It teaches you 
how to deal with pain, you know, how to navigate it, and you know how to learn, how, you know, essentially to manipulate yourself in order to put, you know, forth the most efficient work, and then also how to execute under pressure because pressure is everything here. There's no time to waste. Um, you, you know, the training's hard, isn't easy, but the commitment is there. And then you get to the race, and honestly, it, 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 some, at some point you just, you know, you have to do one of these. I, I can't explain it to you especially the major marathons where you do one of these and there is nothing like it that like the energy and you know being just like you know being there and you know not only running the marathon but you know like going through the city shut you know seeing how you know how everybody comes out to support each other and going alongside i never you know i don't even think that you know most stadiums around here can, you know, fit 50,000 people, much less the two and a half million people that come out and cheer you on. There's no stadium like that. And so to be like alongside these people and like the electrifying nature of running and, uh, and, and, and just like going through kind of hell with everybody, you know, the other, you know, 40,000 people you're with and coming out of it together is like a shared painful experience. <laughs> that's a great way of putting it a shared painful experience i like that i like it really that is. but like once you do finish like it just it, you know you like you i learned it's amazing like i'm meeting people from all these different countries around the world who come out for these things and you get to learn from them um and talk to them and you know really like develop these kind of relationships but then you know it just it, like the marathon it just offers you so much more than you would think like it, it offers you the training, it offers you the, mm-hmm. the experience of being in the race that you talk to anybody who does a marathon, and it's just like they it's like common ground. Like everyone kind of gets it. It uh, it feels like you know what I'm saying. Like if you've done a marathon, you can always, you know, talk to someone who understands kind of what it's like. So, I mean, yeah, deal for the spotlight basically. If you want, you know, if that's what you're looking for. Like well, you're there, and everybody, yeah. you know, you're under pressure, and it's just about performing and and you know being in the center of honestly it feels like you're in the center of the universe for a good you know two three four hours however long you're running well i mean zach thank you so much for coming on this has been i think a very different episode than what we usually do but i think it was almost better in that way you i think the the a, a, the, the answers to the questions that i asked were fantastic um and i just think that you've I mean, sitting here, I almost felt like I was listening to the podcast because it was just so much visual imagery about the stuff that you said. Um, we wish you the best luck on, you know, future endeavors, future races. We're going to have to have you back on after you, you know, break another PR in London, which I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll do. Um, and I think again, you know, what an awesome episode. I've, kudos to me for bringing you on. I think that's, I think that's what I've learned. I have great people who come on. So Zach, thank you so much for coming on. That was awesome. Thank you everyone for listening and everyone have a great day. The game on the line, one shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State, open shot, fate of the universe on the line or the Martians have the death beam pointed at earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.